Hey, this is Pastor Rob Miller from Reclamation Church. Just want to say thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray that this message is completely life-giving and life-changing and that you take the blessing of the Word of God with you everywhere you go this week and pour into somebody else around you. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Two cool. That's awesome. We've, we started this Rooted series. Yeah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We started this Rooted series last week, and over the next couple of weeks as we continue it, we're going we're gonna to spotlight uh, some people in their testimonies and getting involved with the church, getting planted in the church. So, hey, who's ready? Who's ready? Last week was phenomenal. Thank you, Miss Sarah. I'm going to need that. I need some water, right? Every plant needs a water source, right? Y'all with me today? Hey, let's get the lights up in the back so people can see. Uh, y'all look amazing today. For those of you who don't know, my name is Rob. I'm the lead pastor here. I just want to say thank you guys for joining us in worship. If this is your first time, wow, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It's so good to see your face. If this is not your first time, you've been coming for a while, I promise you still look good too, okay? You all look good today. Thank you all for again for joining us today. We're continuing our Rooted series. Last week we started it uh, being focused on being planted and not potted, right? Growing roots, growing down deep, not potted where we can just simply pick up our plant and move to another place or move to another source, but being rooted and grounded in the source, the source of Jesus Christ, his community, the church, not a building, but the church, right? And we, last week we looked at the seeds. We talked about the parable of the sower and how uh, the parable, the, the sower went and, and scattered the seed across different types of soil, but only one was fertile, only one was fruitful. And so we need to make sure our hearts, the soil, is ready to accept the seed. But what happens? What is the next step? What do we expect to happen when we cast and scatter the seed? What do we expect to happen? Growth. We expect there to be growth. Why? Because the seed has a purpose to grow. So over the next couple of weeks, especially today, we're focusing on growing and becoming fruitful in the Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, I want to ask that you stand with me, turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. Uh, you can also t- get, take out your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you brought with you today. Go to the Bible app and go to the events section on your Bible app and pull up Reclamation Church, the event for today. And we're going to dive into this. Go ahead and stand with me for the reading of the word, Psalm chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. You can read on the screen behind me. We're just reading three verses. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Psalm chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and I love it. It says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates Sunday mornings. In his law he meditates day and night. Look, guys, this whole series, we got to move away from Sunday saints and Monday ain'ts. All right? We're, we're, we're going to be saints 
We're, we're going to be Christians and believers seven days of the week, day in and day out, every single day. This is why you need your Bibles, just to make sure pastor is reading it right, right? Day in and day out, day and night, he meditates on the law of the Lord. Verse 3 says, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Let me just stop right there really quick. I love that because trees don't need like streams of water. Trees just need some water. But it says, though the one who meditates on the law, who does not find himself in the way of the wicked, the one who delights in the law of the Lord day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water. In other words, the source is more than enough. Jesus Christ is more than enough. I, I love to think of it as, as Eden, right? Adam and Eve, when they were created, they were put in the Garden of Eden. And if you read the Bible in Genesis, it says that there was four rivers that came through the Garden of Eden. Four. And so that feeds us. That feeds our relationship. That feeds our growth. Four different rivers. And you can look at it this way. We have prayer. We have reading the word. We have worship. We have community. Four rivers feed the dwelling place. Feed our dwelling to be rooted firmly in the Lord. And it says, be firmly treated by, uh, the, firmly, firmly planted, not treated, by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its fruit in its season. Not anybody else's fruit. Its fruit in its season. Everybody say this with me. My fruit, my season. Say it. My fruit, my season. See, if you are growing fruit, you don't have to be in competition with anybody else growing fruit. If you are producing fruit, you ain't got to be jealous about anybody else's fruit. It's my fruit in my season. This is my season. Amen. And its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, whatever she does, prospers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, that we can be rooted and planted firmly by the streams, by the source of life. And Father, today I pray that you would speak to us, help us to grow spiritually, to, to move beyond a seedling, to move beyond a sprout, and to dwell firmly planted by rivers of living water today, to grow and to be fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Remember, it's the quality of the soil or the condition of our hearts that impacts the growth of the seed. In other words, there's a lot of things that has to happen internally before we see things externally. The seed is put into the soil and then it starts to sprout beneath the soil, what's not seen. Things happen internally before we see the external. Things have to happen in our life before God can do something through our life. Amen. It, it, it's like the potted plant. There's so much that has to go into this plant. I can't just put the seed in the soil. Remember, remember our, our pot that we did last week. I can't just put the seed in the soil and do nothing about it. Y'all remember my herb garden? <laughs> Y'all remember, I'm not a green thumb. I put the seed in the soil. I watered it. We watered it for a couple of weeks, and they were like, they good. They weren't good. They did. They did, did. We got nothing out of it. We could yield nothing out of it because we gave up on it before it grew to a point where it could produce something that we could use. Because I can't just reap a sprout. I can't do nothing with a sprout. 
We have to be faithful to cultivate the environment beyond the soil, beyond our heart. We have to have those streams, those different sources coming in to water, to nourish, to cultivate the seed, to have growth and to experience growth. And eventually, as the plant, as the seed is growing, then it becomes fruitful. We can't expect the seed to automatically give fruit. There's a process that the seed has to die in the soil, sprout roots and sprout a sprout, become a seedling, and then gradually become a plant, gradually produce fruit. There's a process that has to go through. It's not an overnight thing. So we have to be sure to cultivate the environment for what for, for, the, for the growth that we need to see. We cannot be bigger. Remember, we talked about this last week. You can't be on, we can't be bigger on top of the soil than we are below the soil. Look at the plant. Look at our tree, right? If, if I were to leave this outside and some heavy rain and some heavy winds came, it would blow over because it's bigger above the ground than it is below. It's not rooted deep. Why? Because it's potted, for one. The roots just aren't there to hold it. It's not strong enough to keep it upright. So when the winds come, it's going to blow over. So we have to get out of the pot, get planted, and grow some roots. we got to be bigger and deeper beneath the soil than we are above the soil. And it's deep roots that produce good fruit. And the best way that we see growth is to move out of the pot. Amen. So today we're looking at growth, understanding spiritual growth. And I think that first and foremost, we need to realize that growth comes from God. Growth comes from the Lord. It is, we have to understand it is God's responsibility to bring growth. It's our responsibility to cultivate the environment for growth. God brings growth. It's up to me to cultivate the system and fertile environment for growth. It's, it's, like, when a farmer, uh, it's like when a farmer plays a part in growing his crops, right? He goes out and he tills the soil. And then he casts out the seed. And then he irrigates and maybe puts some fertilizer out. And then what does he do? He waits. He can't do anything to the seed other than to cultivate the environment for the seed to grow. It's God that brings growth to the seed because the seed is hardwired to grow. It understands it has a purpose to produce. So when as soon as it goes into the ground, as soon as it has all of the agents of change necessary and transformation necessary, it begins to grow and eventually produces fruit. That means the seed means nothing and does nothing if it's not planted in the right environment and cared for. Amen. So when we do what we can do to create an environment for growth, then it's God's work in our lives to take root. And this is what I want us to learn today. This is what I want us to take away. It's not my responsibility. It's God's responsibility, but it is my responsibility to create an environment. Say this with me. I want you to say this, say this with me. No matter where I'm at in life, my life can change. I can grow. And with the right conditions, God's work can be effective. With the right conditions, God's work can be Effective. So let's break this down, the necessary agents of growth to bring the seed to fruitfulness. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. This is Paul talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants 
through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Other versions will say, but God brought the increase. God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. We are God's co-workers. And you are God's field, God's building. So let's talk about understanding growth first and foremost. I think we need to understand spiritual growth is not growth by human hands. Spiritual growth is not growth by human hands, number one. Right? There's nothing I can do to help you grow other than to create an environment for you to thrive in. There's nothing I, I can I can help you all day. I can push you all day. But the growth in your life is on your shoulders. You can come in here and you can be a Sunday Christian. And if that's all the cultivating you get, you're not going to get very far. This has to be a day in day out, night and day, every single day, not just Sunday morning. Remember, the seed matters. The soil matters. The water matters. The sunlight matters. Prayer matters. Reading the word matters. Worship matters. Coming together in community. All of these things create and cultivate that environment for us to grow and to thrive in. And what Paul is doing here in this scripture, I love this, is he is addressing some infighting and some quarreling going on. Because the people in Corinth are saying, well, I want to follow Apollos. And others are saying, well, I want to follow Paul. And so Paul quickly addresses it. He's like, look, if you're, if you're following me, you're following the wrong person. If you are relying on me to produce growth in your life, you, you've got it wrong. You've missed it. I can only help you and put, point you in the right direction. And, and so what we see is some people are saying, well, well, Apollos is more productive. Well, Paul is the better speaker. And it's very similar to what we see in today, right? We, let's, listen to, let's listen to Bishop T.D. Jakes. I'm going to stay home. I'm gonna, I'm, I might step on some toes today, but I really want to encourage you, okay? We need to be part of a family, right? I'm going to stay home and I'm going to watch, watch P, Bishop T.D. Jakes. I love him. He's a great pastor. He's a great minister. I love listening to him. But he's not pouring into your life. And it's not just me pouring into your life. All of us are to be pouring into one another, the community. It's one of those streams. It's one of those streams of the rivers coming into the garden. Amen? We all pour into another. So, so what Paul is saying is, you got it wrong. Don't, don't just follow me. He's, Paul did say, imitate me as I imitate God. So it's always pointing beyond me to God. Y'all can follow me. Y'all can listen to me all day. But listen, I can't get you to heaven. Your relationship is on your shoulders. Mama couldn't save me. Daddy couldn't save me. Their prayers certainly helped. Their encouragement certainly helped. But this is my relationship with God. This is your relationship with God. This is your plant to produce. Amen? As much as I love you, I can't make things grow. I already told you. My herb garden. As much as I love you, I can't make things grow, but I can help you and, and, and point you in the right direction to get planted and closer to God. Amen. Growth does not come from human hands. There's nothing that I can do except to help you cultivate 
the environment, to create an environment for growth. Amen? And, and, and if we're not careful, we begin to idolize man over God. Y'all remember my pot, right? I filled my pot up with soil, and each scoop was a preference. Remember, I reached into the soil, and I was like, well, this is my idea for church. I only like two songs of worship, so I'm only going to come, come late for worship. Or, or I'm not really big on regroups, but I'll go, but as soon as they ask me to talk or something, I'm, I might leave. So there's, I'm, I'm going to put another scoop in, right? Pastor's okay preaching, but he preaches forever. So I need to find a church that they're not preaching forever. So, so you know what I mean? We fill our pot with preferences, and we forsake his presence. We can't chase preferences. We have to chase the presence of God. If you're coming here on Sundays, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I need to say, I feel like I need to say it right now. If you're coming here on Sundays just to come to a building and leave, you're not practicing relationship. You're practicing religion. If you come Sunday mornings, and I know if this is your first time, I'm getting really hot today. I'm sorry, but sometimes it's just got to be spoken in the church. Amen? Right? If you're coming just once a week just to, just to come in and leave, you're not chasing relationship. You're practicing religion. And God wants us to go so much deeper and so much further than that. Amen? It's not about chasing preferences. We have to be in the presence of God, chasing and pursuing the presence of the Lord. We cannot build a church based on preferences. And, and that's what Paul is confronting here. He's basically saying, stop following me and start following Jesus. Stop following the things of this world and start following Jesus. If you want to grow, you've got to be plugged into the source. You've got to be rooted in the source of life. Now, now listen, it's God's responsibility to bring growth, yes, but that doesn't mean it's his fault if you're not producing fruit. Can I say that? It's God's responsibility to bring growth, but it's not, it doesn't mean it's his fault if you're not producing fruit. We are just as responsible to create and cultivate that environment, to produce fruit, to be willing to produce fruit. Amen? His love is unconditional, so our relationship should be unconditional. Not preferred. Unconditional. Amen. To be faithful until you're fruitful. To cultivate and wait. Amen. Number two, we are God's field. He closes out right there. We're, we're co-workers with God and we're, we're God's field and God's building. That's huge. I love that. It, I love what Paul says. You're God's field. You're not his pot. You're God's field. You are meant to be rooted, planted, and grow. To grow beyond where you were planted. That, that's what I love, the agricultural views, the, the imagery that Jesus uses when, he, when he's talking about, I am, the, I am the vine and you are the branches. What does a vine do? A vine doesn't stay in one place. A vine stretches out and covers all kinds of, all kinds of area. You're not meant to just stay stagnant in one place. You have been planted in a field. Subdue it. Right? Just do it. Subdue it. Grow beyond where you've been planted. Grow, expand your territory. Be focused on planting and growing. God is interested in your growth. 
And he sees each and every one of us as a field ready to bear fruit. Verse 9, it says, uh, he says something really cool. Paul says something really cool. He says that we are God's co-workers in growth. We are invited in the process. He wants us to be a part of the growth. He wants us to cultivate. He wants us to build that, relation, that relationship to grow. He's inviting us into the process. He wants us to grow, to move beyond just a ceiling, to move beyond a seed. How do we do that? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you read your Bible? When's the last time you shut off everything and just turned on some worship music and just worshiped? How do we, how do we become co-workers with God in growth? We partake in godly things. We do godly things. Amen? And these, look... Praying, reading, committing, worshiping, giving, trusting, believing, repenting, living. All of these are basic roots. Basic roots to spiritual growth. Look at somebody say, you're basic. Right? But here's the problem. As a pastor, there's so many Christians that aren't even basic. If these are the basic roots for spiritual growth, and some people aren't even doing them, then are we growing? Are we thriving? These are the basic roots for growing fruit, to growing in the Spirit. We have to dedicate ourselves to reading, dedicating ourselves to time and prayer, to, to worshiping, and, and to constantly committing ourselves to another, we had youth night Friday night, and, and we started this new series called The Grid. It's all about changing our worldview to adopting a right, Lexi, adopting a biblical worldview. I'm putting her on the spot. I really hope she was paying attention Friday. <laughs> adopting, like changing our lens to look through the lens of Jesus Christ. Changing our biblical worldview, and so I said, look, that we're going to do this for 28 days. And once a week, we're going to get together and talk about things. But for the rest of the days of the week, here's some devotionals to take home. And one of them said, wait, so you're giving us homework? <laughs> I was like, no. It's not work. It's worship. It's not duty. It's devotion. It's relationship. It's getting up every morning and for, for 10 to 15 minutes a day just saying, God, I want to talk to you. God, I want you to talk to me. I need to hear your voice. I need to pray. I need to be in your presence. I know I prefer to sleep in, and, and, and because I slept in, I want to run late. And, because, and that's because my preferences, I've built these preferences. God, break the walls of my preferences. Give me your presence. So I really hope, y'all pray for our youth. I really hope every single day they're doing their devotions, right? Ten minutes a day is not that bad. So... Uh, listen, if you can spend hours on, on social media, you can spend 10 minutes in the Word. If you can spend hours doing this or doing some Netflix or, or Hulu or whatever, then you can spend 10 minutes in the Word. It's all about prioritizing relationship. Amen? So we have to dedicate ourselves to devotion, to creating and developing habits that give us purpose and help us to flourish. Amen. We got to get back to those basics of devotion. And then another one, I love this one. Community. Immersing ourselves around people that are planted 
and thriving, growing, not out of competition, but to help us and, 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 and to encourage us to grow as well, to immerse ourselves, to be planted and rooted with other people that, that will help us to grow because we understand that God has to do more in us before he does anything through us. So being planted with each other and with other people helps to do something inside of us and encourages something inside of us. Here's the problem. Too many of us are plants without fruit. Do y'all know what kind of, I, I told y'all last week, but do y'all know what kind of plant this is? What kind of tree this is? It's an orange because I told you it was an orange tree. Thank y'all for paying attention. It's a quiz. Y'all passed. You're basic. I'm just kidding. But if I hadn't told you that this was an orange tree, how many of y'all would truly know it was an orange tree? Unless it bears fruit. If I were to bring an apple tree in here and tell you it was an orange tree because it didn't have fruit on it, would you believe me? Maybe because I told you that's what it was, but it wasn't bearing any fruit. Too many Christians are not bearing fruit. We're just a fruitless tree. And it's because we think that we, because we have branches and leaves, we're growing. Yeah, you might be growing, but it means nothing unless you're producing fruit. Unless you're adding value. Too many of us are fruitless. And so we have to, listen, listen, deep roots produce good fruit. Listen, deep roots produce good fruit. Get rooted, get planted in the ground. Fruit is the evidence of where you're planted. If you're not producing fruit, where are you planted? Produce fruit. And we can't tell what kind of tree we are because we think growth means external, that the branches and leaves and what people see on the outside means growth. And, but, but if we have to look at the different stages of growth too, we have the seedlings, we have the sprouts, we have what, what is it like the in between stage? Sapling? Is that a thing? I'm not a, I'm not a botanist, a baby tree. But how about this? We're not producing fruit, but we're producing flowers. Right? A plant has to produce flowers before it produces fruit. So we think when we get to the flower portion, aha, we're good. Look at me, all pretty and all beautiful. We have, so, we have a crepe myrtle in our front yard every summer, beautiful pink and white. It's so pretty. I love it. And then it turns to berries and it's ugly. It's like, bring back the, bring back the flowers. You look at an apple tree, it buds flowers, peach tree and, and, and pear trees and all these, they're flowers, they're beautiful. Look, you might look pretty, but it means nothing unless you're bearing fruit. Amen. Being pretty on the outside means nothing. God doesn't celebrate flowers, he celebrates fruit. So I have to ask, like, we're in the community together, we're in a family together, what are you bringing to the table? Are you bringing flowers? Or are you adding value with fruit? Here, let me ask you this way. Because like, we're all in a community. We're all a family. We all help each other. That's the point of the church, to thrive together, right? So if you were to leave, if we were to lose you, what did we lose? 
I want, I want to like get your mind going today. How can you get more involved with the church? And I'm not just saying like Reclamation Church. I'm not trying to like recruit you to do things. But God is saying that you need to be involved. We are co-workers with growth, with God. You're supposed to be adding value, not just a seed planted in the ground or a seed laying in a bowl on a table. What are you producing? What value are you adding? If you were to lose, if you were to leave, what would we lose? Think about that. Are we getting fruit or are we getting flowers? Are we getting nothing? You're supposed to add value. God has gifted you and purposed you and anointed you to do something for the kingdom. To do something. Each seed has a purpose to produce food and add value to the community around it. you got to get planted. It's time to get out of the pot. It's time to get planted to become a part of the community, to become a part of the family. Y'all love me. Y'all love this. Like, I love some food. <laughs> and y'all know me because I tell you that all the time. Like, I communicate that. I love food. Where am I at? At a restaurant or here eating food in the back? <laughs> or at Disney eating food? I love some food. Like, right? I go to Chick-fil-A. The Lord's chicken. Hallelujah. <laughs> blessed. Hashtag blessed. Right? We go to Chick-fil-A. Why do we go to Chick-fil-A? Because we're hungry. We want some food. Right? And, and, and here's the problem. Too many people treat the church like Chick-fil-A. We get hungry. We show up when we're hungry. Right? We, we, we walk into the church. We say nothing to nobody except for the few people who might be able to serve you and give you some food. We eat. We, 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 we judge it. Well, that was pretty good. The biscuit was a little hard. <laughs> right? We judge it. We judge the meal. We get up and we walk out. We say nothing. And too many of us treat the church like a restaurant where it's awkward. Like, imagine if I were to go to a restaurant and I just got up from my table and went to another table like, hey, guys, how you doing? And just sat down with them. That's awkward. We don't do that. Especially in 2020. Like, don't do that. Right? That's awkward. But here's the difference. Like, when you go to a family member's house for a family get-together, Thanksgiving, the family does things together. You, you're in the kitchen cooking. You, you, you help clean up afterwards, clean up all the mess, right? And then you sit down in the living room and you all talk about what you're thankful for. I don't know, maybe that's what you don't do in your family. We do that in Adrian's family. And the first time we got married, the first year we were married, I was like, what is happening? I got to talk. Go around the room. What are you thankful for? What are you grateful for this year? Y'all try that sometimes. Go around the room. What are you thankful for? But, but we help each other. We help clean up each other's mess. We help encourage one another. We offer assistance to people in our family because we're family and we love one another. Listen, church is not a restaurant. It's a family. And if you're just showing up once a week when you're hungry or once a month when you're hungry, you're treating it as a religion and not a relationship. Get planted and grow. Talk to people. Listen, somebody needs to hear your story. Brett, I need to hear your story. I do. I need to hear your story because what God is, my, George, what God has done in your life, people in here need to hear it. And if you're going through something and you're in pain, 
how, how crazy is it that when people are, I hear this all the time, people are going through something, they, then they just blast the church on social media. The church wasn't there for me. But did you come to the church and speak your need with people that could help you? Nobody knows your need until they know your name. Get out of your seat. Talk to people. I know it's 2020. Like, keep your distance. That's cool. But we're a family, right? Talk to each other. Grow together. We need each other. Remember I told you about uh, the plants, the roots, and the system, like the root systems being intertwined and growing together? There was a study. A botanist did a study. He went out, and, and, and one tree in the forest, he put, like, this compound for growth. So he put this compound for growth in this one tree. He came back 90 days later and checked the trees around it. That compound that he put in the one tree was now in all of the other trees around that tree. Because the roots are intertwined. They're helping each other to feed each other, to give each other nutrients, to help each other to grow and to thrive. Here's another story. Uh, there was a 400-year-old tree that was cut down. Cut it down. Brett, I'm sorry if this is like... <laughs> Brett had an accident a few weeks ago. Praise God for Brett that he is here because that was, a, that was scary, but God was looking out for him, and we had a whole bunch of people like literally all over the world praying for Brett, and literally all he's got is a bruise. It's a dent and a bruise, yeah. But it could have been so much worse, but we, I mean, we, the church prayed because he shared his need. Amen. But, but there was this 400-year-old tree. They cut it down, and they came back. Years later, and they're like, man, this tree is dead. Let me, let me just, this botanist was like, let me just try something. So he cut into the stump, expecting there to be no life, and it was still alive. There were still signs of life inside of it. And it was because all of the other trees around were grafted into the same root system, providing nutrients and telling, literally, the, the, the trees around it were communicating and telling each other, this tree needs life. Listen, if trees can talk to each other, then you can talk to each other in the church. If you have a need, let us know. We want to pray with you. We want to see you grow. We want to see you thrive. Not just survive, thrive. Talk to each other. Be planted and grow and rooted together. It promotes growth in our life. Get out of the pot. Get planted. Grow together. Get back to the basic roots of spiritual growth. Number three, growth is not an option for a believer. Growth is not an option for a believer. If we are, if we are God's field, that means that God has planted us and planted purpose inside of us to subdue the field, to expand our territory. I love Jabez's prayer. Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory expand, subdue the field. And the expectations is that we would grow and mature in faith, not to be stagnant. Stagnation is not an option for a Christian. Growth, we must grow. And I love the comparison that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 1 and 2. Look what it says. It says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. And he says, mere infants... In Christ, I give you milk and not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. 
Look, I want to encourage you, move beyond being a seedling. Move beyond being a sapling. Move beyond the milk. Y'all, again, food. I got I to gotta tie food like in every single message, right? I love steak. Any steak meat eaters in here? I think, Tim, you call it a meatitarian, right? I love steak. And here's the thing, like, I don't know if I could live every single day on milk. And eventually, right, a baby, an infant, has to move beyond milk. You get them into the solid stage. And <laughs> this is what I love and hate at the same time. You get them into the solid food stage and things get messy. For you young, young single or you young uh, couples that haven't had any kids yet, you'll learn. It gets messy. But praise God, we have a father who takes care of his children. And when things get messy, he's there to help us. He's there to help clean up the mess. But we have to move beyond the milk. We have to eat the meat of the word. We have to grow. We have to develop. See, here, right here, Paul is clearly communicating that each person starts out as an infant, and some of us grow faster than others, right? Some of us are like, Abby is, is what in, in percentile with her, with her growth. She's like one of the smallest kids in her class, but, you know, she's the smartest, <laughs> right? People, they, they all grow and develop at different levels and different rates. But the point is that there is still continuous growth. There must always be continuous growth. So he's, he's pointing out that there's clearly a starting point, but we have to have a vision and an intention to keep on going, an expectation to produce. Listen, you, we should never be satisfied and comfortable with our current relationship with God. If God is more than enough, I can never get enough. So I should never be satisfied with my current relationship. Y'all, y'all might be thriving in your relationship with God. You might be like the, the most super duper whooper whopper Christian ever. Go deeper, grow deeper. You can never be satisfied. You can never get enough. And I love seeing testimonies like Daryl's video and, and how he came to reclamation and he sees the opportunity to get planted and to grow. He sees the opportunity presented to him to do something in the church, understanding that he was made for something more. Listen, you are made for something more. I say this a lot. You are more gifted and talented and anointed than sitting in a chair. Add value. You are birthed and gifted to add value. Every single one of us is a 10 somewhere. Every single one of you is a 10 somewhere. And part of our vision at Reclamation Church is purpose. People, purpose, passion. Helping people discover their God-given purpose. Not what the world tells them to do, but what God has gifted to them and anointed them to do. Because we understand that we need each other. Caleb, I need you. I need your muscles. That's why you, that's why you put this up. I was going to say, Brett, but Brett, you're kind of like hurting right now, so I don't want to. I'm just saying. George, I need your encouragement. Mr. J, Mrs. C, I need y'all's prayers. Like, I know who to go to when I need something. 
Because I, we communicate, we talk. I know who I can lean on to be a leader for one of our regroups. I know who I can ask to do certain things because I can see the purpose and the potential and the desire to grow. Never get enough. We can never get enough. We should always want to pursue more and to go deeper. Amen. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are gifted to gift people. Do it. Number four, growth needs the right environment. I've been talking about this the whole sermon so, so far. Growth needs the right environment. Spiritual growth, like natural growth, needs the perfect environment. Listen, it would be ludicrous to think I could grow an apple tree in the Sahara Desert. How crazy would that be for me to get like a whole bunch of apple seeds and just go to the Sahara, be like, boom, plant them and expect there to be growth. There's no source of water. There's plenty of sunlight. We talked about that last week. No source of water, only sunlight. It's only one stream flowing in. There's no life. It's barren. How crazy would it be to think that I could grow an apple tree in the Sahara Desert? And maybe that's you. Maybe your life is just completely barren. Maybe your life, your spiritual life, is the Sahara Desert. Y'all need to start praying for rain. You need to start praying for growth. You need to change your spiritual life into the Garden of Eden, a place of pleasure and delight, the dwelling place to have a relationship with God where the rivers of life are flowing to it. Listen, I, I love Ezekiel's imagery, right? The temple of God, out from the temple, out from the church flowed rivers. You need life, get plugged into the source. The source, the church, be a part of the church. And it's the same, it's equally as ludicrous and equally as crazy to think that believers can have a robust and fruitful life as a disciple if they're constantly immersed in the wrong environment. Y'all heard that saying, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Pastor, I don't understand. I'm just not producing, I'm not producing fruit. Well, I can see some fruit. You produce the fruit of the environment that you're rooted in. And here's the thing, you've got to eat the fruit before you can produce more fruit. We talked about with, with David and, and after God's heart series, he had to eat the fruit of his sin. Even after he repented. So what are you willing to eat? That's what you should be producing. That, that should be what you are rooted and willing to produce. I love what, what Paul says in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. He says, so then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love what Jesus says in John chapter 15, abide in me and I will abide in you. Be rooted in me and I will be rooted in you. Dwell with me and I will dwell with you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me, fruit is a direct result of roots, and roots are a declaration of commitment that I'm willing to abide, that I'm willing to trust and commit to producing that fruit of where I'm planted. And, and what Paul is essentially saying, do the things that you were doing when the gospel seed was first planted in you. How many of y'all remember your holy wow? 
that moment that God just completely wrecked your world. And you were like, wow, God. Completely uprooted you from where you were, transplanted you, and gave you life. Pruned off all of these things. And you were like, wow, God. Here's the thing. So many of us lose our holy wow. And it started all the way at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Imagine being created and placed in the Garden of Eden. That's just like, wow, God, you made this? You made this. You, you, made, you made this for me. God, you made this? What about that tree? No, 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 that's not for you. Well, that tree looks more wower than these. And so we, we, we lose focus. We've lost our holy wow because other things take our mind off of God. Go back to your holy wow. That's what, that's what Paul is saying here. Be rooted in him. Remember the things that, that got you rooted in Christ. Go back to your holy wow moment, that wow factor. And if you haven't had one of those yet, y'all need it. It'll wreck your world. It'll change your life completely. That holy wow. Get back to where God brought you into the kingdom and brought you and planted you and be wowed by his presence every single day. Continue living in him. Root yourself in Christ. Root yourself in Christ and be devoted to him and relationship with him. Amen. It's pretty hard to remain in a stagnant place when you're overflowing with thankfulness when you're overflowing with the wowness of who God is. It'll make you want to keep going. So I want to encourage you, evaluate, even scrutinize the environments that you're in. Evaluate and scrutinize where you are trying to grow. Be wowed by the miracle grow, not by the fertilizer. Be wowed by the miracle grow. And not the fertilizer that is just dumped on us. I'm just saying. Be honest today about the things in your life that are not conducive to healthy growth. Last one is this. Adver ad adversity, excuse me, adversity is an opportunity for growth. When life, like 2020, just drops a dump of fertilizer on you. <laughs> realize it as an opportunity for growth. It's a, it's a chance for you to go deeper in God. It's a chance for you to, 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 to connect even more with the church, to connect even more with the family, to, to connect even more with the Father. Connect. Go deeper. For, I love fertilizer. It stinks. It's nasty. It's gross. Right? I, I, my first job was a farmhand at a chicken farm. Ugh. You know what's crazy? I know this is off topic. But eventually, like when you're shoveling that stuff, it starts to smell like Hershey's chocolate. I'm not kidding. I'm just saying, like, I, if my dad is watching, he can attest because he would do it too. Like, it's, it makes you wonder where Hershey's gets their chocolate. But here's the danger, right? If you, if you, stay, if you stay connected and planted in the fertilizer, eventually you lose, you become desensitized to it. It'll burn up the roots. You can't have too much fertilizer. 
Am I right, David? You can, you can have too much. It becomes acidic, right? You got to be basic. <laughs> you can have too much fertilizer. Look, adversity is an opportunity for growth. It stinks, it smells, it's nasty, this fertilizer that just gets dropped on us. Uh, but we can look at it as a way to grow in the spirit. And it can be hard to differentiate between like unhealthy things and adversity, for sure. And we're going to dive into this even more next week as we go into pruning. We did planting, we did growing today. Next week is pruning. That's going to be hard. Bring your seatbelt, bring your like, bring your harness, because it might be a little hard next week. But we grow. We grow deeper by talking about these things. And, and look, these, these situations help us to grow. It promotes healthy growth. I love what James says in James chapter 1. He says, consider it pure joy. What? Pastor, how do I find joy in 2020? How do I find joy in this pile of fertilizer? How? How, how, do, how is James telling us to consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because he says because you know the testing of your faith produces it produces what's one of the fruits of the spirit patience long suffering these trials produce perseverance steadfastness roots you can, these things can either push you to God or you can let them push you away from God. You can either grow deeper or you can grow further apart. So, Pastor, how do we find joy in this? How do I find joy in my adversity? What is your source of joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. His joy is my strength. How do I find that joy? It says in his presence there is fullness of joy. It's not about preferences. It's about his presence. Let's get back to chasing the presence of God. Where do I find joy? By pursuing the presence of God. My joy is not tied to my situations. My joy is not bound to my seasons. My joy comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yes, all of these things are crazy. It's a crazy year. There's huge piles of fertilizer everywhere, but my joy is not found in the piles. My joy is found in the presence of God. Pursue the presence of God. See, that's the danger of building your church life on, on, and basing your growth on preferences and not presence. We try to find joy in preferences. Preferences will steal your joy. But in his presence, there is fullness and abundance of joy. Stop building your preferences. Start chasing his presence. Amen. Would y'all stand with me as we get ready to close today? You want to know how you find joy? You get rooted in his presence. Get rooted in the presence of God. You don't get tied down to situations. You don't get tied down to seasons. You bind together with God. You bind together with fellow believers. I love that verse that says, a three-chord strand is not easily broken. And I wish I had like a rope up here to kind of give that illustration, that imagery. But one strand is me. One strand is my fellow believers. And where two or three are gathered, 
there he is in the midst. And a three-chord strand is not easily broken. Sure, you might bind yourself together with God, but you still need me. I still need you. We need each other. God created us to be in relationship. Remember, when he created Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. You cannot do life alone. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. The family? Body? Either way, we need each other. We need to be bound together with each other. It's an opportunity for us to grow deeper and to pursue God like never before. And it's important to be prayerful in adversity. I know we say it like all the time about 2020, but 2020 could have either pushed you further away from God or brought you closer to God. And I'm praying that it brought you closer. I'm praying every single day it brings you closer to God. And I'm praying every day that you realize you can't do this on your own. Get planted in a family. That, that's what happens when, when we become believers, when we become followers of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are grafted into the root. That root being Jesus Christ. We are grafted into the family. And, and the Bible says that we become co-heirs with Jesus. That means we are daughters, sons. We become a part of the family. Don't forsake your family. Look to your left, look to your right. That's your family. Each and every one of us, brothers, sisters. That's why when we grew up, I always say, hey, Brother Jay, brother, or Sister Cecile. Y'all remember that in church? Sister Michelle, Brother David, Brother George, can we get back to the family? To being part of the family of God. Let me close with this. This, this is what I want you to do. Cultivate the soil in your heart. Evaluate the environment that you're in. If you need to uproot, uproot. If you need to be transplanted, please transplant. Right there, Psalm chapter 1 when, he's, when he says they're like a tree planted by the water. That, that word planted means transplanted. It was uprooted and transplanted and placed by the water, the source of life. Evaluate your environment. Who are your friends? Who is pouring into your life? I heard a pastor say it this way. I'm not accountable to you. You're not accountable to me. I am accountable for you. You are accountable for me. Like when's the last time we acted like a Nathan? I said, hey Tanner, what'd you read this week? Hey Brett, when's the last time you prayed? How much time did you spend in prayer? When's the last time we checked each other? Not because we're, we're trying to stir up strife, but because we're trying to send people forward, to send people deeper to grow deeper roots and to encourage people. Look, you may not have a lot above the soil right now, but that's not what matters. You will reap fruit in your own season, but what matters right now is to be rooted, 
So when the storms come, when adversity comes, you find yourself in the presence of God. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you are interested in our growth, that you have called us and purposed us to produce and not to just sit back and coax. Father, I pray that you would just move us beyond where we are to never be satisfied, but to always want more of you. Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed I want to encourage you trust the process of growth trust the process you are God's field and it is God who will work through those agents of change to bring growth I love what he says in Philippians 1 6 it says he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will remain faithful until you are fruitful. Can we remain faithful until we are fruitful? So this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna open the altars. If, if there's some prayer you need to make, there's some commitments and changes that you need to make, this is your moment to boldly step out and commit to saying, God, I'm going deeper. And, and this is the, the imagery that I want you to see. By stepping out of your seat, you are stepping out of your stagnation. You are stepping out of your complacency and saying, I need more. And if that's you today, the altars are open. We're going to worship because worship is one of those streams that bring life and growth. And I want to encourage you, come. Step out. Come and grow. The altar is open. Let God's work work inside of you. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this week's message from Reclamation Church. We pray it was a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to take this message everywhere, everywhere with you and pour into those around you. And if you would love to be a blessing to the Reclamation Church ministry, you can easily give at our website at reclamationchurch.faith. Scroll down to the bottom and click on online giving, or you can even text to give any dollar amount to 84321 and set up a giving account with Reclamation Church. Again, we pray that this was a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you this week, and may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you with the light of his countenance and, be, uh, and give you peace this week. Amen. Be blessed.